to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. I feel like it has been too long since I sat down and just chatted with you and recorded a little solo episode for you guys. So here we are again. I wanted to put this out last week, but life got crazy traveling back from Colorado and then getting hit with some food poisoning. That was that was really fun. I am trying to come back to life now. Let's hope I let's hope I stay there. July is gonna be a pretty crazy month, crazy in a good way. And I'm just realizing now when this comes out, it will be July 1st. So happy July. What's happening in July? I'm going away for July 4th. I hope you have some fun plans or just hanging out with family or friends or doing something to celebrate the holiday. If nothing else, just go to Old Navy and get one of the 4th of July shirts. Do they still sell those? Honestly, growing up, that was the main reason why I love 4th of July. I had to get my Old Navy tea, but I haven't gotten one in a while. I haven't been to an Old Navy in a hot second. And then later this month will be the Wellness Realness Retreat. The retreat will be July 26th through July 28th here in beautiful San Diego. When this comes out, there might be another ticket left. So if you haven't gotten yours, I would check on the website and see if there are any tickets left and snag the last spot if you can. You can go to bit.ly slash wellnessrealness2019 to learn about the retreat and find out everything that's included. But to summarize, we will be going hiking, we'll do a yoga class, group Reiki, acupuncture, vitamin shots and nutrient drips, workshops on health and nutrition and body image and personal development, and of course, eating all of the food, all of the delicious things. So we will be eating some delicious meals from Parakeet Cafe, Powerhouse Pizza, Peace Pies, and a home-cooked meal from Kelly Scott of Kelly's Clean Kitchen. I'm so excited to get together with this group of women, have some really awesome conversation, and make more friends, meet like-minded people. The girls who came last year to the retreat, I know they just loved the community and making some close, lifelong friends and just getting to know other people who just get it, you know? It's like when you were a kid and you would go to summer camp and you just felt like your whole world changed after that week. That is what this retreat is like. Just saying. 
It's going to be so much fun. I can't even tell you. I'm so pumped and would love to have you there. So if you still want to snag your ticket, go to bit.ly slash wellnessrealness2019 and snag it there. Trust me, don't want to miss out on this. Another big thing happening in July is I will be running my Paleo Women Lifestyle program and this is going to be the last time I run this program as a group coaching program where I am involved. The Paleo Women Lifestyle program is available year-round as a DIY self-study course, but then I run it two to three times a year as a group coaching program where I walk the women through the different modules and I'm there to answer any questions and facilitate group discussions and you get to be in the Facebook group and get to know the other women in the program and it's really an awesome experience. The women get the chance to learn so much and really dive deep. And then the group part of the program is amazing because you have group support, group accountability, and you make some amazing lifelong friends. I designed this program to cover everything I think every woman needs to know to support her health. Like, honestly, I feel like this course should be in schools for women. They need to... They need to learn all of these things. And I teach this from a paleo perspective. You do not have to be paleo to join. You do not have to become paleo to join. But I do teach everything from the paleo perspective. I just want women to get this information. So in this course, we cover what paleo is, its benefits, why it's different for women, why health in general is different for women, and all the health advice you see out there should sometimes be taken with a grain of salt because most of it is applicable to men but can actually get women in trouble. We are completely different hormonally, biologically, and a lot of women actually can really harm their health when they're following advice put out there for men by men without taking into account that their bodies might work a little bit differently. So we cover macronutrients, we cover cooking and grocery shopping, we cover all the top health mistakes women make and how to avoid them. That's one of my favorite modules. Um, We also talk about balancing hormones, sticking to a healthy lifestyle long-term, building balanced plates, digestion, optimizing sleep, exercise, stress management, body image, balancing blood sugar, carbs, all of the things that the ladies have questions about. The content in this course can help you improve your digestion, help to eliminate your bloating, get clearer skin, better energy, reach your healthy weight goals, improve your sleep, improve your mood, and help with your self-confidence, your body image, and just answer all the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. The way this course works is you get access to pre-made video and audio lectures from me that you will watch over the five weeks of the program and then you will have access to the private Facebook group with the other women going through the program and women who have already been in the program. So you can ask questions and get more support. And then we have live video coaching calls where we all hop on a Zoom call so we can see each other and then answer any of your questions there. And once you join, not only do you have access to all of the video calls that we have during this round of the program, but you also get access to all of the previous live video calls. They've all been recorded and saved. And if during the program you can't make the live calls, then you can always watch the recording. You can submit questions beforehand if you want to make sure I cover it on the call. And I have the ladies vote on the best time, so it's always at a different time. 
This is the most cost-effective way to work with me, to get access to me, to answer all of your questions, and you get access to all the other women in the group who are really there for support, and they have amazing ideas too. Whether you are brand new to healthy eating, healthy living, or you are a nutrition nerd, biohacker, professional at all this stuff, I can assure you, you will get a lot out of this program. And this is going to be the last time I run it as a group program where I will do the live video coaching calls and be there in the Facebook group answering questions, moderating. After I run this round, the course will only be sold DIY so you won't have access to me in video calls for questions or answers in the Facebook group. So if you've been wanting to join this program, this is the time. And once you join, you have access to all the materials forever. Limited spaces are going to be available. I only take a certain number of women. That's part of why the program is so great and also part of why I am closing the group format after this because I've talked with the other ladies in the program and we kind of all agree that what makes it so amazing is that you do get to know the other people in the group and I get to know you guys individually assuming you interact. I mean, you'll really get as much out of it as you put into it. So it's a really amazing opportunity. So limited spots are going to be available. I'm going to open up enrollment on Monday, July 15th, and the course is going to start officially on uh, the following Monday, July 22nd. So enrollment is going to be open until spots fill up, which typically is the first day. And the first day, I also do a big sale. So the first day is going to be $200 off the normal price. And then after that, the spots are going to go up to regular price. So really, it's in your best interest to hop on it as soon as you can. And I'm also going to open up spots on the wait list because kind of, I mean, once enrollment opens on Monday, July 15th, also depending on your time zone, people just are all going at once. So if you want to secure your spot, then email me ahead of time at christina at christinaricewellness.com and I will open up a limited number of places on the wait list. And if you're on the wait list, then you're guaranteed a place in the program. So if you already know you want to join and you want to secure your spot before enrollment officially opens on the 15th, just email me at christina at christinaricewellness.com and snag a wait list spot before those fill up. You can find all information about the course at bit.ly slash paleo women lifestyle or on my website, christinaricewellness.com under the courses section. And on that page, you will find all the information you need to know about the program, how it works, the different module topics and everything that's included, as well as a few testimonials from different women who have been in the program. If you have any questions, just let me know. I am happy to help. Live calls are really fun because it's sort of like being on a podcast with me, except you can see me and talk back to me and ask me questions. And we talk about all kinds of things. I find that during during the course, a lot of it is much more related to course content or what the girls are going through in terms of their own health. And then we get into more emotional lifestyle topics as things progress. The beginning is much more technical is what I'm trying to say. And I love all the technical stuff, but I really love getting more into the emotional discussions, femininity and identity, sexuality and boundaries and relationships and all of those things. And 
I always give it to you straight, you guys know. And today's podcast episode is going to be about a topic that I have been chatting with many clients about recently and friends now that I think about it. And I feel like I've had this conversation probably 10 times in the last week. So I thought I really just need a podcast about this. And you guys know I'm just all about tough love. And here is your tough love for the day. So I hope you appreciate where I'm coming from. I Sometimes I know I can be blunt and straightforward, but I tell it to you like that because you are an adult and you don't need things sugar-coated. I want to empower you. I want you to step up and hear what you need to hear so you can elevate and improve your life. And you do not need to be sheltered from the truth. There's nothing that bothers me more than someone who tries to weave around the point or they're just afraid to be straightforward. Like, no, tell it to me so I can take some actionable steps, improve my life. That is helpful. So what I really want to talk about is why you're not reaching your health goals. And this applies to really any type of health goal. It also kind of applies to any type of goal in general, but we're just going to focus on health right now. But I'm sure you can see how this could also easily apply to other situations as well. But let's talk about health. This could apply to healing from chronic illness. It could apply to balancing your hormones. It could apply to getting your period back. It could apply to fixing your digestive issues. It could apply to losing weight. But I realized this initially with a lot of clients who came to me wanting to get their periods back, who were in the classic under-eating over-training trap, who wanted to get their hormones back on track, or who have had chronic digestive issues and really wanted to heal their guts and get better, maybe had some malabsorption. I see a lot of different types of clients, but I would say most often I'm working with women who are looking to get their digestion back on track, who have had some type of chronic illness, who are trying to get their periods back. I noticed this early on with clients and it became really apparent also because I definitely noticed it in myself. And when I was In the depths of my healing journey, I remember when I was in college and so sick, I had to face this fact. I had to face it head on. And it was only until I accepted responsibility that I was able to start really working towards healing. And after I had identified that in myself, it was then so easy for me to spot in my clients. And it's something I I have to cover with them every single time and I have to just tell it to them. And it's really pretty simple, but the real reason why you're not healing is usually because you're not ready to heal. You're not ready to do what it takes to reach that health goal. You have this image of what you want to reach. You have this goal destination, but you're not ready for the journey yet. Sometimes we want to reach that destination, but we don't want to do the hard work to get there. And There are a few reasons why, one of which is releasing control. A lot of our health issues are rooted in things that we've done to try and maintain control of our bodies. For example, a lot of people get themselves into hormonal or digestive distress 
because they have done X, Y, and Z to try and control their bodies in some way. Maybe they have been under eating for a period of time, only eating certain foods, over-exercising, driving themselves to the ground with stress, with their job, with their relationships, trying to control their weight, trying to control their food, trying to control their life. And this, this sense of control, this obsession with control which doesn't always manifest clearly as an obsession. Sometimes we don't realize how much we're trying to maintain control. But that can be a real problem for healing because a lot of times to go on the healing journey, to reach that destination, you're going to have to change what you're doing. And that means releasing control because you've gotten in the habit of doing X, Y, and Z, eating a certain way, moving a certain way, living a certain way. And to completely change that subconsciously or consciously feels like a loss of control. And I get it because when you feel like things are falling apart, you want to grasp onto any control. You can take over your life. I know when my gut basically just stopped working and I stopped digesting food and I was losing all this weight and I was so scared for my life, I clung to exercise and I clung to work and school because I could control those things. I could control when I worked out, how long I worked out. I could control exactly what I ate. I could control how hard I worked. And I felt like by working so hard, I could control the amount of praise I got and the amount of, quote, success I got. I felt like I couldn't control what my body was doing in so many aspects. So anything I could control, I had to hang on to that for dear life. And this is really common with weight for both men and women, to be honest. If we feel like part of our life is out of control, whether that be a different aspect of our health or something with our job or finances or our relationships, we try to control our weight. And a lot of people feel like they figured out exactly what they need to do to stay at a particular weight. And then changing everything to reach that healing goal makes them freak out because they think, oh my gosh, I'm going to be doing something differently than what I've been doing for this many years at this healthy weight. What's going to happen? I feel like I'm losing control. But sometimes you have to lose control to gain control. For example, I had this conversation very recently with someone and she, I told her what I'm telling you right now. And she said, no, you're right. I'm afraid to lose control. It's just easier to control exactly what I'm eating with my food because I feel like that's the only way I can control how my stomach feels and my gut issues. And I said, but do you have control over gut issues? Because how are you feeling? You're coming to me telling me that you're in severe gut distress every single day. So you think you're doing this to maintain control, but your body is still out of control. So you're not in control. Have I said control enough times? But that release of control is really scary for people. And I get it. That's human nature. But that's also part of the healing journey is becoming comfortable with releasing the control and trusting in the outcome and trusting in What can happen for you if you trust your body and you trust the process? And this 
comes back to me and my woo-woo Reiki side and the universe and manifesting because I truly believe if you manifest, something will happen. If you believe it will happen, it will happen. If you believe that you're unhealthy or you're sick or you are the person that has these symptoms, who can't lose their weight, who will always be bloated, who doesn't have their period, if you believe that, if you take that on as your identity, you can, you can bet your money that that's going to be true. So part of this is also changing your talk, which brings me to the identity situation. And this is the big one. A lot of people don't even realize how much their identity is wrapped up in their symptoms, in their illness, in their health struggle. Especially when this is something you might have been dealing with for a while, a lot of times we start to build our identity around it. And it's also really interesting because the wellness space has become a little bit trendy, gut health has become a little bit trendy, and for some reason, it almost feels like being sick has become cool. Let me just tell you it's not, but I'm going to be honest, there are a lot of bloggers and people on the internet who do things to, I'm sorry, I'm going to call you out, keep themselves a little bit, quote, sick or having a certain symptom because having that certain symptom gets them attention because you can brand yourself as the person struggling with this, overcoming X, Y, and Z, and then they're caught in that pattern that has become their identity and what are they going to do if they actually heal and whether or not you're on the internet as a as a public figure with everybody else in the world following along with their story you are a person who who has many people following along with their story maybe your parents your friends your partner your cousin or aunts your neighbors all the people There are people following along with your story and there are people who have kind of watched your journey and how you've gotten to the place you're at potentially. There are people you've told and we start to build an identity around those symptoms. We start to eat a certain way. We start to live a certain way and we say, oh, it's it's because of X, Y, and Z. I eat this way because if I don't, my stomach will hurt. I work out this often, you know, because I'm the healthy person. We, a lot of us brand ourselves as like the, the healthy person. I see this a lot with clients who don't have that many friends who are into the health and wellness space. They are the, the healthy friend. They're the health nut. They're the one who doesn't eat gluten and doesn't eat dairy and works out every day and goes to bed at 9 p.m. and wakes up at 6. They're that person. Everybody knows they're that person and they've taken it on as their identity. And guess what? It does get them attention. I mean, it's sort of easier when we have an identifier, right? Like being the healthy one. There's nothing wrong innately with being the healthy one. I think it's great to be the healthy one. But there's a point at which that becomes your whole identity. And guess what? What you eat doesn't define who you are. The way you work out doesn't define who you are. Your symptoms don't define who you are. But people like to pretend they do. People become the crossfitter, the weightlifter, the yogi, the runner. They become the SCD girl. They become the keto girl. They become the carnivore person. They become the vegan or the vegetarian or the potato diet person. I had to throw that one in there. They become the person with the gut issues, the person with the hormone issues, the person without a period, the person who's trying to get pregnant, the person who is on a weight loss journey, the person who's always underweight, the person who's always overweight. They start to build an identity around this 
because all of their behavior now is wrapped up in this, but that's not who you are. What are your values? What do you believe in? What are your other interests? What are your real interests? A lot of times with clients, when explaining this to them, you know, I'm saying you have taken on your health struggle as your identity. You have branded yourself without realizing as the Crohn's girl or the colitis girl or the vegan or whatever you are. But outside of the way you eat and your dietary restrictions and the way you like to move your body, what are you into? What type of books do you like to read? What type of movies do you like to watch? What type of people do you like to spend time with? How are the relationships in your life? What are you looking for in a partner? What are your long-term goals? What exactly do you want your life to look like in 20, 30 years, in five years, in two years, in one year? What are your career goals? What are your financial goals? Where do you want to live? But mostly what values are most important to you? What really makes you you? It's not the food you put in your body that makes you you. What is in your soul? What is in your personality? What traits make you stand out? Are you an amazing friend? Are you really witty and hilarious? Are you extremely creative, really intelligent? Are you great at one-liners? Are you compassionate? Are you spiritual? Really though, what's your purpose here? Like what is your purpose as a person here? What legacy are you going to leave? How are you going to improve the lives of other people around you? What is going to make you satisfied with your life at the end of the day? It's probably not going to be whether or not you ate cruciferous vegetables. But that's the question. That's the tough question. What is your identity? Who are you? Who are you? Most people spend their whole lives trying to figure that out because it's a big question, but most people put off trying to answer it and they don't explore and they don't try different things and they don't ask themselves those difficult questions and they're not in touch with themselves and they they don't do any real self-reflection or self-questioning or journaling or just getting in touch with their thoughts and emotions and being present with themselves and what they want, what they need, how they feel. It's much easier to attach your identity to the way you eat or the way you work out or a symptom or an illness than it is to actually answer those questions and be so in tune with yourself and be so much yourself that people know you as your goals and your purpose and your personality traits and what fuels you internally. Think of it like this. Imagine a woman who you think of her and her identifier is, damn, she is confident. Like that's how you know her. She is the confident one. Maybe when I said that, someone came to mind. And then imagine when I say, oh, I know her. She's a vegan. Or I know her, she's the CrossFitter. Maybe when I said those things, someone came to mind. And those are different ways to identify people. But which would you rather be? Which one do you think is really a stronger human in terms of who they are on this earth? The person who's identified as the confident one or the person who's identified by the way they eat or the way they move their body? I know how I feel and I want to be thought of and remembered as someone who makes other people feel a certain way 
that I evoke some emotion in you or make you think about yourself or the way you live. I, I want that to be how I'm identified in your head or by my personality, my purpose, which I feel like I'm pretty clear about on here, but I'd much rather you guys identify me by that rather than the way I eat or the way I move my body because those are probably always going to change. And while those might be parts of my life, they might go along with me, but they are not me. I could eat any diet under the sun and I'm still going to be Christina Rice and I'm still going to have the same personality. But can you say the same? Think about the health struggle you are dealing with. If you had to completely change the way you ate or the way you moved or the way you lived your life, if you had to make an adjustment there and other people would see it, how would you feel? Would you feel like your identity was stolen from you? If you had colitis and it healed overnight, would you feel like you didn't know who you were anymore? And I see this all the time with chronic illness. Let's say Lyme, for instance. Lyme is a really common one where where this happens. People have been struggling for a long time and they start to become the person with Lyme and their whole identity becomes built around having Lyme. Because Lyme is intense and there's a lot of different diet and lifestyle changes you have to make to work through it. And suddenly it feels like Everything is because of your Lyme. Everything you're doing, everything you're thinking is because of your Lyme. So it's only natural to get really wrapped up in it and not be able to see past it. And that becomes your identity. You're the person who has Lyme. And then I'll ask my clients with Lyme, for instance, or whatever they're struggling with, when you heal from this, what's life going to look like? What are you going to be doing for your job? How are you going to spend your days? What's going to happen? And they just will look at me with a blank face. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what what that would be like. And I feel this sense of panic and I see this sense of panic. And it's on one hand, it's like, I don't even know what that would be like. And that's scary to me that I'm so wrapped up in my illness. But it's also this subconscious fear of this has become my identity. I literally don't know who I am without it. I don't even know what my interests are. And that's a question I always ask. I say, well, what do you like to do? Like what what do you enjoy outside of health and wellness? And I just get a blank look. How are you ever going to come out of your symptoms or of your illness if you don't know what the destination really is going to look like? Or if subconsciously you kind of believe this is your identity, this is who you are, and that's telling your brain that you're not going to get better. So that is a big piece of why you're not able to reach your health goals because you identify with your symptoms, with your illness, with your struggles. It has become part of your identity. And in order to actually release that negative symptom or illness, you have to know what your identity is without it. And I want to keep talking about this identity piece more in a second because it's really important. But I am going to take a break for a second to talk to you guys about this episode's sponsor, Almond Cow. So I just came over a bad bout of food poisoning and have had a very extra sensitive stomach since and could only really stomach certain things and went to the store. I kind of felt like I went to the store like a newborn, like I'd never been in a grocery store before. And I was looking at everything and it just always shocks me to see all of the added ingredients 
in products that are just unnecessary, especially nut milks. Most of the nut milks you will find at the store contain a ton of ingredients that are used as sweeteners or thickeners or stabilizers when really the only ingredients you need are the nut or seed and water and maybe some sea salt or some natural spices. That's it. But a lot of these nut milks at the store have things like, I mean, cane sugar or even monk fruit or stevia. Sometimes they'll have maltodextrin in them. They'll have carrageenan in them. They'll have sunflower lecithin and guar gum and acacia fiber and chicory root fiber and all these things that we don't really need, especially because they're probably causing you digestive distress. They're a stressor on the body. When we eat processed foods, the body recognizes that as a processed food. And by recognizes it as a processed food, I really mean it doesn't recognize it as something that it knows how to incorporate easily and it is a stress on the body. And this is where we run into digestive issues and hormonal issues, especially with hunger signaling and throwing off our taste buds and all these things we just really don't want to deal with. And that is why I love Almond Cow because it's really, really important to me to be able to make my own nut milk at home really quickly and easily. I think most people are savvy to the fact that it's ideal to make your own, but a lot of us are lazy and or busy, and the traditional way of making your own nut or seed milk is to soak the nuts or seeds, and then you got to put it in the blender, you got to strain the nuts, you got to clean everything out. It's this whole process. Sometimes it just feels like a huge barrier to entry, all of the prep work and cleanup work. And also thinking ahead of time, which is why I love almond milk, because in literally under a minute, you can make nut or seed milk. And I love that you can customize it to however you want. I mean, you don't have to soak the nuts or seeds beforehand. You just put them into the machine. You add in a few cups of filtered water. It tells you exactly where to fill the filtered water up to. And then if you want, you can add in other spices. Like I usually add some pink Himalayan salt. Often I'll do cinnamon or maybe some vanilla bean powder. You can do some nutmeg. You could, you, you know, do like a golden milk, turmeric, ginger situation. That'd be really yummy. You could add whatever you want in there, any spices, and you know exactly what's going in there. You're not adding in any fillers or thickeners or stabilizers. So it's all natural whole ingredients. You just put on the top, you press a button, and in less than a minute, you have a full jug's worth of homemade nut or seed milk. And like I said, you could do almond milk or walnut milk or cashew milk or hemp milk or pumpkin seed milk, hazelnut milk, really anything you want, which is really fun because then you can flavor smoothies, for example, in different ways or bake goods or whatever you want to use your nut milk for. If you like to make little lattes in the morning, you can make different flavors that way and you have a lot more control and a lot more options. Also, if you have certain allergies or sensitivities to specific nuts or seeds, you can just make your own. Like I know some people love pistachio milk and that's kind of hard to find at the store. So you could go for that. Or if you have an almond intolerance, most of the nut milk at the store is almond milk. So you could just make your own with another nut that you do well with. I mean, this machine is honestly a game changer. I'm actually obsessed with it. I was shocked. What the first time I used it, I was, I was like, is this real how quickly that was made? So it's amazing and it saves so much money. Nut milk at the store 
is very expensive and you save so much money just buying nuts or seeds and then making the nut milk at home yourself. And you also are saving the environment because switching to a glass jug for your almond milk or whatever kind of nut milk you want to make or seed milk, that's going to save a lot of plastic. So many single-use plastics end up in the ocean or in landfills. So you're saving money, you're saving the environment, and you're saving your body. This is actually a really common thing I see with clients who eat a really beautifully clean, whole foods-based diet, and they don't know why they have digestive issues, but they're having some nut milk every day, and it has these gums and thickeners and sweeteners in it. And we literally just swap that out and their digestive issues go away. I really think the almond cow machine should be a staple in everyone's kitchen. It is never leaving mine, that's for sure. And everyone who I've recommended it to or given it to as a gift, it's a really great gift. They absolutely love it because it makes life so much easier. So if you want to try out an almond cow machine, go to bit.ly slash almond cow Christina, and you can use my discount code Christina for $15 off. That's bit.ly slash almond cow Christina, and use my code Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, for $15 off. So you can get the machine on their website as well as glass jugs. Just get it all in one swoop and you're good to go. All right, now that I filled you in on why I love almond cow so much, let's hop back into this conversation about why you can't reach your health goals and the issues with identifying with your symptoms or health struggles. I had to give myself a major reality check when I was dealing with a lot of crap with my health because I had to admit that I had become the girl with the gut issues. It was no longer just something that was happening to me. It was me. I had really taken that on. Everything I was eating was because of it. Everything I was doing in terms of living my life was because of it. Everything I was thinking about was because of it. All my interests were because of it. I was just the gut issue girl. And it wasn't until I was really honest with myself about that that I was able to start healing through it and realizing damn, I need to figure myself out here. And what really makes me me, because I don't want to be the girl with gut issues my whole life. I don't want to be 80 and still have SIBO. It can be really difficult to admit this and accept it and change. Changing is really, really difficult. But here's the thing. If you identify with your illness, of course you're going to be your illness. If you keep telling yourself, I have SIBO, I have gut issues, I have a sensitive stomach, I don't have a period, I have hormone issues, I can't get pregnant, I can't lose weight, I'm always underweight, I can't put on weight. If you tell yourself these things over and over again, they will become true. You are wiring your brain to believe that and your brain is going to send signals to your body that follow that. And you are basically going to keep creating those symptoms and you're not going to allow yourself to get better. But also subconsciously, you're not going to do the things you need to do to really get better because, again, change is difficult. I'm going to give you two very recent examples just because they're the most recent conversations I've had. They're coming to mind. So here we go. So one of my clients with IBD, she needs to change her diet. She needs to eat more food. 
And she's coming to me telling me I want to put this into remission naturally. I don't want to be bloated all the time. I just want to feel like a normal person. I don't want to have diarrhea every day. And so I'm listening to her and I'm explaining to her, you're going to have to eat more food. You're going to have to eat different things. You're going to have to do X, Y, and Z. And I am feeling and hearing resistance. And for her, part of what she needs to do is actually widen her diet. Things have gotten so dialed in eating the same foods over and over again that just aren't providing her body with what she needs and she's not giving her her body enough food and I explained you know part of what might be causing your bloating is under eating and not eating enough of these other things these foods that became fear foods to her are actually some of the foods that will provide your your body with the nutrients it needs to heal and your body cannot heal when it's in a state of stress and not getting enough food And so we have the conversation and she's resisting a little bit. And I'm saying, you know, there's, you think you're controlling your body and, but by controlling your body, you're losing all control because do you have any control of your life right now? She says, nope, I actually don't. And I say, okay, but let's really talk about what's going on here because I know what's really happening because I know that the body image is coming into play. And I know that you're scared that when you eat more food, your body might change. You might gain weight. And that's really part of what you're scared of. And you're also partly scared of the fact that you're not going to be doing the same things that you used to. And you're not going to be as super picky with your food as you used to be. You're not going to be the one that everyone expects you to say, oh no, I can't eat that because of my IBD. You're not going to be able to use that excuse anymore. What are you going to do When we put this into remission and you can't use that as an excuse anymore for why you're living your life the way you're living it and you have to actually be honest with yourself that you're not eating those foods because they actually are going to give you issues, it's really that you're scared of them for another reason because this is a common one is we like to pretend that we avoid doing certain things because of our health issues And really, we're just avoiding it because we're scared of the way it's going to make us look. And then suddenly, does your identity change to the people around you? What are people around you going to think? What are your friends going to think when you're no longer the IBD girl? You know, that's a really interesting question to ask yourself and freaks a lot of people out because they realize, shit, my identity is the IBD girl with my friends. My friends know me as the one who's really healthy. They know me as the one as the one who can't eat X, Y, and Z. And it's going to be strange and different if suddenly I show up and I'm not doing all the things I used to do because I said I had IBD. Suddenly there's a disconnect. And we are afraid. We are so afraid to challenge other people's ideas of what we are. We're afraid to change not only for ourselves, but also because of what other people might think. It's so much easier to stick to our habits rather than actually change behavior on so many different levels. First of all, just because, I mean, at its base level, it is obviously easier to stick to a habit than change your behavior. Change is more difficult, but also because of what we think of ourselves and what other people think because other people have gotten used to the way we live our lives. And suddenly you have to answer to other people because everyone's nosy and wants to know what everyone's doing and they're going to call you out and they're going to say, oh, I thought you couldn't eat that. Oh, well, why aren't you going to the gym six times a week anymore? Oh, why don't you want to do X, Y, and Z with me? And people are afraid to answer these questions because we suddenly think we have to defend ourselves, but you don't. 
you don't have to explain yourself to anybody. You can tell them what they're what you're doing and why, but this feeling of having to justify what you're doing, that's just a feeling you're taking on. You are not responsible for making your life fit into somebody else's paradigm or worldview or image of what you are. You are allowed to shift and change. You're allowed to do whatever you want to do as a human. And if you're not growing and changing, then I feel like that's a bigger issue than if you are staying in your box your whole life. But this also relates back to why do you give a shit what anyone else thinks? So many people make health decisions with what other people will think in the back of their minds, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Stop living your life for anyone else. I really don't give a shit what Karen has to say about this, or anyone else for that matter, because Karen doesn't have to live in your body. And guess what? No one really cares as much as you think they do. But what most people are really worried about more so is going back to the identity thing and who they've become in their family or who they've become in their friend group and that they are used to being the one that has to be really picky and everyone knows them as, oh, so-and-so can't eat this. Oh, she won't do that. Oh, she doesn't drink. She doesn't, you know, do X, Y, and Z or she does this. Like they know you as that person and they've gotten used to it and it can feel awkward to do the opposite of what they're used to because you think they're going to say something. But if they say something, who cares? Okay, so there's one example. And then here's another example. So I have a client who has had amenorrhea for quite a long time, almost a decade. And she came to me, work, wants to work together to get her period back. And I'm like, we can do this. I am the period whisperer. I will help you get this back. Let's get this show on the road. Let's stimulate the sacral chakra. So we start going into it and I pull out all my tricks and I'm telling her what she has to do. And this includes eating more and working out less, doing a variety of things to stimulate her sacral chakra and focus on her sexuality and rewire her brain and as she's doing this we're meeting resistance and I tell her you told me you want to get your period back but you're not ready to if you were really ready to then you would do anything to get it back and keep that goal in mind. A lot of times we think about that long-term goal and we don't realize what we're going to have to do on the journey to get there because I'm meeting resistance as, oh, suddenly she's putting on some more weight, but she was underweight and she needed to put on some more healthy weight to eventually get her period back. And that's scary. And then she wants to pull away and stop. But if you really wanted to, if you're really, really ready to heal, then you would look past it and you would say, this is what I'm doing to heal. And it doesn't matter if I put on a few extra pounds, this is what I need to heal. And I want my period so bad that whatever I have to do to get there, I will do. Healing is an all-encompassing process. And if you really want to heal, you don't get to just pick bits and pieces of that that you want to go through. You have to go through the full journey. Using this example, part of healing and reaching optimal health for her is getting her period back and she wants that. But also part of that is also probably putting on healthy weight. You have to be ready for the steps that it's going to take to get to where you ultimately want to get to. So a lot of times we think we want a certain goal, but do we actually want it? Are we actually ready to take it? Because oftentimes the healing process 
or reaching a certain health goal requires uncomfortable steps to get there. It's like building a muscle, tearing a muscle. You know, that's uncomfortable to push yourself to a limit where your muscle is going to tear so that it can repair, rebuild, and grow bigger and stronger. But to build that muscle and to get where you want to go, you have to go through the discomfort of lifting a weight that's heavier than you might just randomly pick up in the middle of your day. But anyways, I have this conversation with her and I say, you told me you want to get your period back and I'm telling you literally exactly what to do. And I promise if you do exactly what I say step by step, we will get this back. You told me that's what you want and I'm telling you what to do and you don't want to do it. So are you really ready to heal? Are you really ready to get your period back? Are you ready to be in a new body? Are you ready to no longer be the person who is sick and has chronic health issues? Are you ready for all that? And I have this conversation with my clients and it is really helpful for them because they usually tell me, you know, you know what? I have to be honest with myself and I wasn't as ready as I thought. I came in here saying I wanted to do X, Y, and Z. I wanted to reach this goal. And now that I'm actually going through the process, it's uncomfortable and I want to run away because I wasn't fully prepared for everything I was going to have to do to get there. Well, if it was that easy to get there, you probably would already be there. But identifying that, identifying that they're actually not ready to heal really makes them become much more self-aware and allows them to reflect a lot more and really think about what their priorities are in their lives. And usually having that conversation gets them to the place, pushes them to the place where they are ready to heal. Pretty much every single time after I have this conversation with a client and I call them out and we get down to it, the next time we meet, they say, you know what? I've been thinking a lot about what you said. I've been doing a lot of soul searching and you were right. I wasn't ready. I'm scared. I was scared to put on weight or start eating different foods or release control over my lifestyle or put myself out there and try new social experiences. I was I was scared because I wasn't fully ready to heal. I just wanted to jump a few steps. I thought I could just take a supplement and then things would fall into place. You know, I didn't realize I was going to have to actually make changes. But now that I've realized that this is what it's going to take and I've thought about what really matters to me, I am willing to put in the work to be uncomfortable and to trust the process. And it doesn't mean it's easy, but it makes them ready. That is a game-changing conversation for people because then every time they have doubts continuing on in the journey, anytime they meet resistance, they learn to ask themselves, where is this really coming from? Is this a legitimate reason why I don't want to do X, Y, and Z? Or is it because I'm just making up an excuse because I'm not really ready? And they have that conversation. And this same client, I also had another very interesting conversation with that I've had with other people as well. And I said to her, you subconsciously feel like it's safer to be sick. She said, yes, it is safer to be sick. This is common with chronic illness where this becomes your identity. You're getting attention for your sickness in terms of maybe your family is helping to support you, whether that be emotionally, financially, they cook for you, they accommodate you, they know you as the person with these issues. Um, they, You know who is there for you. You know who is in your group. You know, You know what your life looks like in this box of sickness. It's safe in this box. 
But it's really scary to think, okay, if I'm healthy and I'm no longer the sick person, I'm no longer the person with this health struggle, are they still going to give me this much attention? Are they still going to let me live at home? Am I going to have to start making more money? Am I going to start having to break out of my comfort zone and meet new people and hang out with people my age instead of just my family? Are people still going to like me? Is the reason why people pay attention to me because they feel sorry for me? And if they don't feel sorry for me anymore, will they care? These are fear-based decisions. These are fear-based decisions, fear-based thoughts. And it's important to identify these to change them because you have no reason to be afraid of that. Being sick, ironically, is safer because you already know what your life looks like with this symptom, with this illness, with this health struggle. You already know what it's like. You're in your box. You're living with it. You understand what the world does, how it works when you are this person with these symptoms. But how is the world going to be? How is your world? How is your life going to be when that health struggle is gone? The relationships that feel safe now to you, are they still going to be safe? What are you going to talk to people about? What are they going to talk to you about? If you're afraid of this, I encourage you to really start thinking about it and really think about why do people like hanging out with you? Why do people love you? What is it about you? I can guarantee you it's not because you're sick. And also, if it's a financial, emotional support thing, it's time to step up and be an adult and you're going to have to probably work harder and do things that are uncomfortable. You are going to have to live maybe like a normal person with a nine-to-five job and go into work and do things that kind of suck. Bust your ass to make some money. Maybe become so independent that you have to live alone. And here we come back to the fear of being alone, which is a really common one because a lot of people who have health struggles are afraid to be totally isolated. And they've isolated themselves a lot already because of their symptoms or sickness, illness, whatever is going on. They've already isolated themselves a lot. And that's just how they see the world as there are few people around them that they connect with. And so they think, well, crap, if the people who take care of me now because I'm sick are gone because I'm not sick, then I'll literally have no one. And then I'll get older and no one will be here ever. That's what they think. And this is wrong. This is a lie. When you release your symptom or your health struggle, when you get over that, you're going to be so much more vibrant, energetic, and you are going to have an amazing energy around you that's going to attract people in and you are going to create the life that you want. And this comes back to thinking about what you want that life to look like. What do you want to do when you don't have this health struggle anymore? Like plan for that. This is part of manifesting it. Envision exactly what your day is going to look like, who's going to be around you, where you're going to live, what you're going to do, every little detail and plan for it because it's going to happen. But you can only make it happen if you know what you want to happen. Does that make sense? If you have a clear vision of how you want your future to look and how you want to feel in your body and in your life and your mind, then you can make it happen. But if you have no idea what you're even going for, then it's probably not just going to fall into your lap. But we need to get out of this victim mindset that is just so rampant. And I could do a whole podcast, I could do a whole book about the victim mindset that's especially an issue with my generation, I will say, we all love to be victims. We all love to have a cause. Everything's happening to us. Uh, we can't get out of it. No, 
We need to stand up, kick ourselves in the asses, take control, and work hard to not be the victim anymore. You are not a victim. Everything happens for you, not to you. Sometimes shitty things do happen and you have choices in terms of how you respond to that. You can complain and cry and be a victim and wallow in it and just let it keep happening to you. Or you can honor those feelings and say, wow, that sucked. But what can I do to turn this around? What can I do to reframe this? How can I make sure this doesn't happen again? How can I grow from this? You have choices. Let me tell you, being a victim is not attractive. Being a victim is negative energy in your body. Your body cannot heal when you are saying it's a victim and everything's happening to it and you're always going to have these symptoms and there's nothing you can do. No, no, no. No, no, no. If you're a victim, you're never going to get out of this. You're not a victim. You've been dealt a card. Maybe it's difficult, but you will get out of it as long as you decide that you are not a victim to it. So these are the big things. These are, you know, you're not ready to heal because you don't know what your identity is without this health struggle. You identify with it so much. You aren't willing to do what it really takes. You are scared to do the uncomfortable things, the things that make you nervous, the things that challenge your body image and your self-confidence in order to get there. You don't really know what your life looks like beyond this. You don't really know what your real interests are or who you want to be or what you want to do. You realize it's safer to be sick because it's familiar and we're we're comfortable with the familiar. You don't know what your relationships are going to look like outside of this. You're trapped in the victim mindset. You also might be living so much in the present that not only is the issue that you can't look to the future and really believe that the future is going to look very different and be excited about that and identify with that future better you, but maybe you haven't really looked into the past. A lot of people haven't addressed their past trauma, and this is a big reason why they can't heal, which relates back to they're not ready to heal. If you are not ready to address your past trauma, then you are not ready to heal. We have to be able to look at what's happened to us in the past. We have to be able to look at things that we've done in the past to other people and take responsibility for those and own up to those and say, why did I do that? And we also have to be able to reflect on experiences that have made us uncomfortable. Maybe people did us wrong and work through those and reframe those and forgive those and release that negative energy and get to the root cause of where we started thinking a certain way. Where did we get into that victim mindset? Where did that switch get flipped on? Usually it's pretty young. What did my mom say to me? What did my dad say to me? What did that kid at school say to me? What did my doctor say to me? What did I see on TV or in a magazine that made me feel like I wasn't good enough, that I had to do X, Y, and Z to be healthy? When was the first time I felt like I wasn't enough and I became afraid to never be enough and I believed that everything had to be hard work and I thought I could never reach X, Y, and Z goal? That limitations were placed on me, that other people told me their judgments were more important than my own. When did all of that start and what what anger am I still holding on to? Like, who am I still upset with? Who do I still have a negative association with? Because we hold that in our bodies. And as long as we have that resentment, we try and control other things and we can't, we can't heal 
while we're still holding on to that anger and negativity, whether that be about ourselves or other people. And so we have to get to the root of that and address any past trauma and heal from the past trauma to be able to move forward into the future. And lastly, I want to mention one of my favorite reasons why you're not reaching your health goals, which is a subcategory of you're not ready to heal, which is you're not willing to pay for it. You are not willing to pay for a coach, whether that means a doctor or a health coach or a nutritionist or a trainer or a life coach or a therapist, whoever it may be, you're not willing to pay because you don't have the money. I'm going to call you out and tell you if there's a will, there's a way. If you really want to reach your goals, you will reprioritize your finances. If you really want help, if you really want to reach that goal, you will put money down into it because when you pay for something, your results are going to be way better. And also just accepting and understanding that someone else can help walk you through this journey. Um, It's going to be much easier to do it with support than on your own. When you try and do everything on your own, I just often see that as just another version of the victim mindset. I'm a victim. I'm trying to do it, but I can't do it. No, if you want to make it happen, go find someone who can help you make it happen. Put some money down and reprioritize your finances. Where are you spending your money? Are you buying drinks with your friends? Are you buying new clothes? Are you buying things for your house that you don't need? Where can you make cuts? Can you pick up a few extra shifts? Can you sell some things online? Can you start walking dogs on WAG? Can you become an Uber driver or a Lyft driver? Start a beauty counter business. Start a side hustle. I know people who have literally taken out loans because they are that dedicated. The people who legitimately can't afford to get help from some type of practitioner or coach are not the people listening to this podcast on their smartphone. Do you know why there are so many people in debt because of school? Because they go to school and they don't have the money for it, right? (laughs) They make it work by taking out loans or doing whatever they have to do because they're like, I have to go to school. Wow, imagine if people prioritize their health the same way they prioritize going to school. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? If we actually cared about our physical and emotional health. But the longer you don't pay for help, the longer you're just sitting in that victim role and you're just not making anything happen. And I can't feel sorry for somebody who's not actively trying to make things happen and not actively trying to make changes to improve themselves. If you're sitting around and complaining and not making changes and not doing things that make you uncomfortable and just not switching it up, if you're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, that is the definition of insanity. Thank you, Albert Einstein. But also, I just can't feel sorry for you and you shouldn't feel sorry for yourself. The I'm a poor college student, I can't afford an excuse, it's not going to fly here. Not with me. Maybe for someone who's old. Not with me. I was a poor college student too, living in Los Angeles. My body stopped absorbing food. I thought I was going to die. And guess what? I somehow dealt with the fact that I was in LA and had to pay $400 an hour to work with a practitioner. But I valued my life so much that I made it freaking work. I hustled. I sold makeup. I cut down on groceries. I started cutting people's hair on the side for money. I borrowed money 
to be paid back later to make it work. I stopped going out with my friends, paying for things that were unnecessary. I stopped eating out all the time. I cut back, I made it work, and that was before I even knew how to manifest in money, and I made it happen. And now that I know all this about how to manifest in more money and make it happen, I mean, I really had no excuse, and I made it happen, so you can make it happen too. And I know I'm oversimplifying this, and I understand that there have to be some checks and balances here. And I'm not saying everyone should be able to afford getting ozone therapy and going to this infrared sauna every week and doing all these things. But if there's something you can invest in and you should invest in, it is your health and paying for help. And the number of people who come to me and have really serious health symptoms and ask, you know, what's a, who's a good FMD or, you know, they, they want to work with me and, um, they, they want help or they, they, they want to fix X, Y, and Z and they're complaining about their symptoms and how it's really reducing the quality of their life. They can't go on like this. And then they see that, oh, I have to buy supplements. Oh, I have to pay for help. Oh, well, I can't afford it. No, you really can't afford to, to not do it. You really can't afford that. You really can't afford the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills you're going to pay when you're older. You really can't afford to go on years more of your life feeling like shit. You have to pay for things in life to to get something better out. And more often than not, you know, this excuse of I can't pay for it is just an excuse of you're not ready to heal and you are looking for an excuse, a barrier to entry because subconsciously you know all the changes that you're going to have to make and you might subconsciously know what that coach is going to tell you or what that doctor is going to tell you, what that person is going to tell you. You might not really want to do that. So you're pushing off actually working with somebody You don't have to be able to pay for all the random things, but there are things, I mean, paying for a practitioner who can help you handle your health and get you to where you want to go. I mean, if you can't pay for that, it's like saying you can't pay for the like basic necessities. You know what I mean? And I just see people spending money in other places and I see people hustle so hard and do what they have to do to get where they want to go alongside other people who are complaining all the time and not trying to make it work. Because if you really want to heal, if you really want to reach your health goals, you will do what it takes. And there are so many options for this nowadays, like all of the online courses available, all of the DIY programs that are available online if you can't directly work with somebody. I have a freaking $9 membership on my website where I share exact protocols I do with clients. <laughs> like it's basically being handed to you. But I just, I mean, this is this is a big thing. This is on the list. This is why you're not you're not reaching your goals is because you won't pay for it. You won't put money down. You won't hold yourself accountable to it because that's what it, what happens when you pay for it. You're, you have to hold yourself accountable to it. Someone else is going to hold you accountable and then you actually are going to have to make changes. You're actually going to have to do things that you're not used to doing. And then we get back into facing the, the identity factor and getting uncomfortable and getting out of our comfort zone and all of these things and who you are without it. If you are struggling, I feel you, I see you, I hear you, I honor you, you are valid. But what we can do is accept those feelings, honor them, listen to them, and we can either be a victim or we can say, all right, 
I feel this way. And I don't want to feel this way anymore and I won't live this way anymore. So what can I do to change it? And just taking any single small step, it could be buying a book about the topic, like doing some research online. What's the best book I can buy to give me the information I need? There's so much information out there. Any simple change. I mean, even literally starting to journal at least is a step, starting to do the tough emotional work, working with somebody who will talk to you about this stuff and call you out on your bullshit. This is important. If you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. And part of reaching your physical health goals is also addressing the emotional side of things, the personal side of things, the mental side of things, the spiritual side of things. And understanding ourselves and our motivation and what our our true fears are and really believing that you can reach your health goals and that you will be the person who doesn't have those symptoms anymore. If you don't believe that you will get there, you will not get there. It's really about confidence and believing you can and seeing it, believing it with every fiber of your being. And that starts with faking it so you make it usually. And it also starts with finding somebody who has confidence in you so that you can start to pick up on that and start to believe it yourself. And I want you to know that I say this and I want to call you out because it's going to help you grow and because I really believe that so many people who are trapped in their symptoms and you say they can't reach their health goals, they totally could. They just need someone to kick them in the butt a little bit, nudge them along, give them a little love tap, you know? It's like when the car in front of you just won't go and you just need to give them a little bump. And I find that often people in in people's lives even other practitioners are afraid to tell their clients or patients or friends or family this. They might be thinking it, but they're too afraid to say it. And if you know anything about me, it's that I sure as hell am not afraid to say what I think. And I want to push you and I want to empower you and I want you to be your own health advocate and I want you to fight for what you want and deserve in your life and I want you to fight for the way you want to feel and you totally can. Because really the reason why you can't reach your health goals is just if you're blocking yourself. That's really what it is. If you're not ready to heal, why aren't you ready to heal? So I hope that this discussion with myself, this discussion I just had with myself to you, made you think about a few things. And I talked about this in terms of health goals, but this could also be why you're not reaching your financial goals or your career goals or your relationship goals. It could be anything, but we block ourselves and we're not, it's usually because we're not really ready to get there because we are not really ready to do what it takes. And we might know what it takes on a subconscious level, but we we are a little too cowardly sometimes to admit that it might be difficult and uncomfortable. But nothing worth it was easy. Let me tell you that. You're going to have to change if you want things to change in your life. You're going to have to make a change. You're going to have to make moves and you definitely can. So no more fear-based decisions. No more being the victim. Think about what's really holding you back and think about which of these factors really spoke to you and resonated with you and start exploring that and identifying it, accepting it, working through it and not being upset with yourself for it. There's no reason to be upset with yourself for being a human, but identification and acceptance is the first step to just making amazing changes. 
So there you have it, the reason, the real reason why you can't reach your health goals. I hope this was helpful for you. I hope you know that I love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. If you have a topic that you would like me to discuss on the show or a question you want me to answer, you can send that in to podcast at christinaricewellness.com or you can submit it on my website, christinaricewellness.com. Just click on the podcast link and it'll take you to the submission page. If you enjoyed this show, please share it on social media. Take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, share it with family, friends, anyone who needs to hear it. If this doesn't really resonate with you, if you're not struggling with something, but you're listening to it and you're thinking of someone in your life, maybe just send it to them because then they can hear it from me and not you. And then you're off the hook. That's fine. I will be the fall guy. Because my intention is to help you, to support you, to empower you. And I just, I believe, I believe in you. So believe in yourself. But yeah, share this with anyone you think needs to hear it. Also make sure you join the Facebook page, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe, and you can chat about this episode or any others in there. Don't forget to pick up your retreat ticket if there's still one left. Bit.ly slash wellness realness 2019 and head to bit.ly slash paleo woman lifestyle if you're interested in joining the next group program that's going to be running at the end of July and we will have more discussions like this and other fun ones of course except you can talk back to me directly and of course leave a rating interview on iTunes if you enjoy the show it really helps me spread the word about the podcast and I really really appreciate it all right that's gonna be it for this episode I hope you have an amazing rest of your day I hope you reflect and grow starting today you can do it and i will chat with you again next time bye